These are the stories of The 116, a podcast from the heart of the First United Methodist Church in downtown Peoria, Illinois. This is where belief becomes action, and action brings hope. Here's your host, Greg Fish. And welcome along for episode number eight of Stories from the 116. And today in the studio, my guest is Dan Phillips once again, but this time Dan is actually with us uh, for a different part of his responsibilities at First United Methodist Church. So, Dan, once again, in case folks don't know, you are the director of, and I'm going to get this wrong, Community Ministries and... Mission. And Mission. That's right. Okay. And, and, you know, as we as we talked uh, earlier in one of the podcasts, uh, my focus in that discussion with Pastor Tim Osmond was uh, more on the mission side of it. But as we uh-huh. look at um, um, our missions in this world, uh, it very much uh, is a part, uh, the community ministries is very much a part of our mission. Um, we know it's important to take care of people around the world and to support uh, different ministries and missions around the world, but the mission field is right outside our door, and um, yes. our neighbors are a big part of uh, the need and the, that we try to meet. And God certainly has seen to it that we got planted right in the middle of a rather significant mission yes. field here as well. So yes, He did, and we're thankful for that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, every every morning I and when I'm I'm praying, and oftentimes I'll I'll talk to God in the shower, and um, I always I always besides thanking Him. Um, for family, I, I like to thank him for the challenges and the opportunities, but the challenges first, because sure. I think that's what um, that's what he calls us to do. He, he calls us to meet the needs uh, of each other and to reach out um, to do what we can to make a difference. Now, this podcast is being recorded right in the middle, I guess. I don't know if it's the middle or not. I guess we don't know where we are, yeah. but right in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis and uh, the pandemic crisis, whatever you want to call it. I don't even know if we should use the word crisis because I guess it all depends on your, your attitude of how you're facing it. But, but so many weird, weird, strange things going on around us, and it has completely changed the way we've had to do ministry as a church. And so we've talked with Christina and Kara about how that has affected the children's and the youth ministries. But another area that has been dramatically affected by uh, the uh, uh, situation, uh, situation, yeah, obviously, yeah. the having to, to stay in our homes and, and sheltered in place—that's what I'm right. looking for. For some reason, with Christina, all I could think of was stop, drop, and roll, and I knew that wasn't <laughs> right. But uh, it's really affected the way we think about our benevolence ministry, which means the good that we try to do for the lives of the people right here in our our community. That's right. And when that first hit, there was the question like, uh, you know, how are we going to meet this? But you guys have grouped together and are really doing some powerful, neat things in our benevolence ministry. So, um, uh, do you want, where do you want to, do you want to start? Well, with you know, we, we like a lot of, uh, a lot of people in our community realize that the need isn't going away. If anything, it's, it's increasing due to the, uh, um, lack of facilities and resources that are available out there. Sure, sure. So we knew that if we wanted to continue with outreach, even though our reach has to be six feet or greater, mm-hmm. the need is still there and we can adapt to the the new uh, normal, which we've tried to do. Uh, most of our outreach ministries develop relationships with those we serve, um, be it the neutral ground ministry that serves our HIV and AIDS um, affected population and families, um, to our backpack buddies ministry at Lincoln K-8, to our loaves and fish. They're all 
different ministries that reach out to our neighbors that have specific needs that usually involve one-on-one interaction. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is, they will come to see us or we'll go to see them. We'll provide them with a, a service or a product, uh, be it food or or um, whatever the need is. Uh, but but now we have to uh, respect and and follow the guidelines that have been put before us. But we sure. know that that hasn't changed the needs any. Um, take for instance the the neutral ground ministry. Okay, uh, that ministry has been around for gosh almost fifteen years, and it's a really unique ministry. The only one south of Chicago that's like this, in that we reach out to folks that um, are affected by the HIV and AIDS disease, mm-hmm. um, either directly themselves or their families. And these folks usually are in a pretty unique situation in that uh, oftentimes their health is compromised. And so they can't work like they would normally uh, work. Uh, Their income is affected. And then the assistance that they might get can't always be used for the things that they actually need. Uh, When you're suffering from a disease like HIV and AIDS, it's imperative that you keep your surroundings very clean um, and very, just like we're all hearing today, very free of any kind of uh, potential for contamination. Um, in their case, those that, that are dealing with this, oftentimes it can be a life-threatening uh, infection um, with the immune system compromised. Um, they just can't have that. And the odd part of it is that, um, unfortunately, the assistance that they get doesn't allow them to use that to purchase paper products, cleaning products, wow. hygiene products. So we work with the University of Illinois College of Medicine and a, a group called Positive Health Solutions. And they vet the clients that we see um, and provide them with a um, a laundry list, so to speak, a voucher that they will present over here once a month. And they are provided with uh, cleaning supplies, uh, with hygiene items, uh, with personal care items uh, at no charge. And in the normal uh, world, when we have that, they would meet here confidentially in a in an area of the church that uh, they can get to confidentially, and and they meet with. Um, volunteers that will sit with them and find out about their lives, their needs, prayer concerns, and then fulfill their needs on the, uh, on the voucher. And this is a big thing because people, again, that are, that are um, dealing with this, sometimes they're stigmatized and they they feel so much apart from the real world. Um, what we've done to kind of um, still f- take care of that need The group Positive Health Solutions has an office about two blocks from here. And normally a client would come in and they would leave after they met. They would leave with a bag or two of supplies, paper towels, Clorox, uh, shampoo, um, all kinds of supplies. Mm -hmm. And uh, because we can't physically be on site with people, we're taking those bags uh, down to the Positive Health Solutions, and the clients are scheduled to come in one at a time and pick up those bags. So aside from meeting the prayer request need and the one-on-one relationship, they're still able to get those supplies that they need. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that I, I remember one day I was walking in front of the church and a gentleman um, came up to me, and, and he said, you know, you're, I know you're with the church. I see you all the time. He said, I just want to let you know how much neutral ground means to me. He said, That's you great. know, we've been coming for a couple years, and he said, I, I know that my situation isn't unique, but he said, I, 
I don't feel a part of the world that cares about me anymore. I feel that um, I don't matter as much anymore. And he said, when I show up here, he said, you guys welcome me in, you care about me, you ask about my family, um, and then you give me what I need. Uh, besides the physical supplies, they give you that relationship. So we, we terribly missed that part of it, but we're glad that we can at least continue to fulfill uh, the need that they have to get that, the cleaning supplies uh, so that they can do everything they can to remain safe. Well, and something you said there really hits me in the heart because really one of the keys to doing ministry work is relationship. So often we might think in terms of what can I give and the things that people need most is you. <laughs> that's well, you know, and that's true. And, and pastor Tim has said many times, he said, you know, this church is not the bricks and mortar, the stained glass, the pews, the altar, this church is the people. And, sure. and the people are, are, are the extension of Jesus Christ um, reaching out to help and, and to heal or to uh, provide uh, a love and peace. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it breaks our heart not to be able to um, still meet with these people. But as long as we can do, continue to do what we can uh, from the physical side of it, uh, we know that this time will pass and we will be able to catch up with our family down the road. Sure. So, so what other ministries have had to adapt to the day? Well, the Backpack Buddy program is a program that uh, grew out of a uh, summer feeding program, gosh, probably 10, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was a program at uh, Friendship House where the kids had all kinds of day camps and things um, that they had uh, a lunch every day during the summer. And we participated in that. And we noticed some of the kids that came back on Monday were uh, they were hungry. They they did not have that food at home. And so uh, we worked with the uh, local uh, District 150 uh, school system and Lincoln K-8 school. And we've uh, asked them to identify those kids, uh, the teachers to discreetly identify the kids that they think uh, might benefit from a bag of food that could go home with them okay. that they could prepare over the weekends. And so out of the 800 or so kids, uh, we provide a bag of food that has about five easy to prepare entrees for about 300 kids every week. Wow. Now the district 150 and other school systems throughout the country uh, during this time have uh, developed programs where the kids can show up at school and still pick up their lunch and sometimes their their breakfast items um, so we've provided them with the bags of food in advance so that they can send these these uh, different food items home and they're usually things like cans of soup and ramen noodles granola bars fruit cups uh things like that um mm -hmm. you know we'll throw in the cookie now and then sure. uh because you just can't live on beans and rice you, you know go. kids there like cookies go. yeah uh but but you know that that's something that um we know does help um you know 300 kids a week um are getting still getting the food, or at least it's being made available. I know there's still some logistic problems in getting the food to the families that can't physically make it to the school, but that's something that I think in time um, that will work out. That's great. And uh, beyond that, do you need volunteers to help with anything, or are you running well, with a pretty full staff right now? Yeah, right now our volunteers, and we, we have wonderful volunteers that come from not only First United Methodist Church, but from 
throughout our community. Right. And um, right now, due to the the uh, uh, social distancing uh, requirements and the uh, sheer number of people meeting together at one time, we're working uh, on a whole different basis where we'll just bring in two or three people at a time. They'll do a segment of the packing and then the next day, another two or three will come. They all wear gloves. Uh, masks are available to them. They work apart. But we've been able to break it up in uh, different segments okay. so that over the course of a week and several hours at a time, we can get the job done that normally might have uh, a dozen people working for two or three hours on a night. Uh, they would pack uh Two, two weekly packs of 600 bags. So we're working it out right now. Volunteers aren't needed. Um, we can always use uh, food items. And the food items that we like are the uh, like the Del Monte uh, and Dole fruit cups, uh, boxes of raisins, granola bars, um, different things like that, ramen noodles. Mm -hmm. um, those cans of soup, uh, uh, those are things that the kids can easily prepare. If it's a canned item, canned pasta, pop-top can lids are always the best sure. just because the, the kids don't have to worry about that. Uh, but those items, uh, we're working out a, a way that we can work out a drop-off and I think if you leave your name and number at the, the church phone, 309-673-3641, uh, we can get in touch with you and, and find a way to uh, get with you to accept donations. And Dan, if anybody has been to the grocery store lately, they know that the shelves are a lot more bare than we are used to seeing here in America. Uh, how has your food supply changed? Has it has this affected the amount of donations you've gotten? Well, yes, yes and no. I mean, initially, yes. Um, the first couple of weeks, and we're kind of into our third week of this now, looking at our loaves and fish um, community ministry, which is a feeding ministry, uh, that's probably the best um, barometer of, of of uh, supply and demand. And when this first started about three weeks ago, there were hardly any bread products available um, mm. where, where we had been serving a hot meal um, and providing a, a full array of um, salad and and soup and and desserts and and a couple hot entrees. Uh, we had to change that um, sure. overnight. We had to change that. And so now what we do on a Saturday, um, we serve out the back door. Uh, we have a uh, large back door that we put an eight-foot table in, and we'll have a foot of the table inside the building and seven feet outside, and the people one at a time come up to the end of the table, and we slide a bag to them that has a meal that they can enjoy at that time, as well as pantry food, fresh fruits and vegetables. And as far as the supply goes, yeah, that first week was a little challenging. Um, it was interesting, though, to see people would, would – um, select different things that they weren't used to. Now, in our mm -hmm. normal pantry, they kind of get to pick through. But in this case, we put together pre-made pre bags uh, that have a variety of different protein items, fruits, vegetables, uh, easy-to-prepare meals. But when it came time to, like, uh, fresh fruits and vegetables, um, we just had to make, a, make up some bags and just give them. But as far as bread goes, one of our suppliers for bread – um, is Great Harvest Bread Company. And they give us those beautiful loaves that 
maybe aren't the normal grocery store loaf. Uh, they weigh about a pound and a half mm -hmm. and there are, you know, 12 grain and 42 grain and they're beautiful loaves of bread, but it's not like the white bread that most of the, the people seem to uh, know and are familiar with and the kids like. But I have noticed that people are experimenting. Um, yeah. If they can't get that white bread or that wheat bread, um, okay, well, I'll try buns this week. I'll try that cheddar chive loaf. It looks interesting. <laughs> uh -huh. So we've, we've had to adapt a little bit, but I have noticed, um, particularly this week, the supply is starting to um, get built back up. We uh, got a lot of bread for this week's distribution. In fact, I got a lot of uh, calls from different food pantries that say they have extra bread uh, and extra pastry products. And I think that's reflective of a couple things. One, the supply chain is getting uh, reestablished. Um, sure. People are not hoarding uh, like they did initially. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also a, a nice thing to see um, the food banks and the pantries work together. Um, this year, there's been a, uh, a new group uh, formed of food banks and, and food pantries that work together and, and meet on different items and topics of common interest, like um, uh, solving food insecurities and healthy okay. eating. And so we've been able to share best practices and different things that work, but also share uh, resources when, when we have them. Um, Midwest Food Bank today uh, offered all kinds of fresh fruits and vegetables, and it was wonderful to see the system they had set up to be able to provide the product. Uh, they serve about 200 agencies um, in the Peoria area. And just to give you an idea of the volume that they do, every agency that they serve, uh, 200 out of the Peoria area, gets the equivalent of $48,000 worth of food every wow. year. Oh my. Free, totally free. That's awesome. And that, that yes. is beautiful. So our delivery methods have changed. We do miss the relational side of it sure. uh, because a big part of loaves and fish is that uh, we're not just feeding them physically. We're feeding them spiritually. We're sure. feeding them in a family way. Um, so we know those days will come back. Um, mm -hmm. And people, when they come to the end of that long table, they say, we miss you guys. And, sure. and we tell them we miss them too. Uh, but we know that um, probably 99.9% .9 of them are just so thankful um, to be able to get, get food and, and uh, things for their home. Well, and you know, it occurs to me too, one of the things that I have observed in my role here is we, there are certain people in our cult, in our community who rightfully are getting a lot of thank you and praise for the work that they are having to do in the face of this crisis, like healthcare workers, we understand that. Mm -hmm. But behind the scenes, there are so many, uh, I, I almost want to say spiritual care workers, but people who care for the needs of our community, who maybe aren't getting our gratitude like they deserve. And, and so maybe right now, let's just say thank you to all you folks who are keeping well. these chains going. It's been amazing to see how you all have come together. And I, I think it, it really speaks to why we all do this. And, it, and it's not for the thanks. Um, uh, those are fine. They're awkward to, to hear. But it's, it's to see that you're making a difference in somebody's life, sure. that, that those people at the end of that eight-foot table, those are my brothers and sisters. Those right. are people with needs that they can't satisfy. I mean, we are, uh, for the most part, very... Uh, rich in resources, um, and many in this community aren't. And uh, to be able to share the resources that we have in a loving manner, without judgment, um, and know that you're helping a family get by, even if it's just for a day or two, um, that means a lot. That means a lot. 
Dan, are there any other community ministries at First Church that have had to adjust in the light of this that you wanted to mention? Well, we were coming up on our 21st year of Morton Square Soccer, which was a, a neighborhood soccer program provided on Morton's, at Morton Square Park, which is a, a park on Perry, between Perry and Monroe um, on the North Valley. And that program has, uh, has seen about 100 75 to 250 kids ages 5 through 12 play soccer every year. And it was a great program, uh, ran May through July. Uh, we would furnish the kids with shoes and socks and, and shirts and shin guards, and, and the families would turn out, and every Tuesday night um, they would play. And, and it would be, again, a, a family, familiar thing. Um, this year, unfortunately, the, the registration would have been coming up in just about three weeks. And we realize that this won't be done uh, in time for mm. the soccer season this year. So uh, we're going to have to uh, call this year. Uh, we hope that sometime in June we could have a big one-day celebration at Morton Square Park. And we usually end mm. our season by having what we call the hot dog extravaganza. <laughs> and we cook up about 500 hot dogs and popcorn and, and chips and the kids and their families come out. So we still want to do that. The kids all get a medal for participating. We still want to do that because we know that we would have had a couple hundred kids uh, anxious to be there. And, you know, the kind of soccer we play, um, if there's 20 kids on a team, they all play at one time. And okay. uh, so we're just out there to have fun, uh, to uh -huh. give a little structured um, instruction to them. Uh, but, but this year, I think the bigger picture is more important. And we will just uh, we will go with what is recommended and we'll try to adjust and, and still provide a connection where we can. Well, I hate to hear that, but at least we know to hopefully expect uh, if this uh, if we soon so hopefully sooner than later get the all clear to begin social activities again uh, we'll keep an eye out for that activity and we'll certainly pass along that information uh, through uh, our communication change such as the uh, uh, website the herald or e-highlights so thank people you. can keep an eye out for that thank you okay uh, any other community ministry well, our benevolence uh, ministry has had to take a uh, kind of a hiatus right now. The mm -hmm. benevolence ministry is a ministry right. that helps people get um, really basic needs to help them uh, navigate society, and that is things like a state ID or mm. a birth certificate. So many times uh, folks that, that – um, are, are um, moving more often than they wish. They, they don't have a way to keep all of that stuff in one place. And so they lose the kids' birth certificates. And now they have to go to a school and they need that. And they lose their state ID through no fault of their own or, or just because it happens and they can't get a job or they can't get an apartment. And so we provide assistance in, in state IDs and, um, and also with the birth certificates, uh, we help out uh, with monthly bus passes or, or a packet of bus passes once a month to uh, 10 people. And those items have just had to go on hold. Sure. Um, normally, we would do that every Wednesday. We would meet with folks and, and talk about their needs and pray with them if they'd like uh, with our, our lay counselors, as we call them, uh, people like you and me. And again, the, the folks that we serve, they love to share that. They love to share what's going on in their lives. And we do miss that. Uh, but we know that right now everybody's having to do things different. And, and the benevolence isn't going away. Um, we're, just, we're just waiting until it's okay to start again. 
Yes. And, 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 you know, I think anybody who has been here at the building for the few things that we have been doing, skeleton staff, of course, have seen a few long faces walking by the front of the building at times. And it's, it's kind of heartbreaking that it we're is. in a time like this. It is. It is. And, you know, when you, when you see somebody, wave to them. Sure. Um, you know, yeah. people are kind of wandering aimlessly because a lot of times folks that we see and folks that we help, um, they may stay at a shelter, um, uh, be at the Dream Center or Salvation Army or Rescue Mission. And during the daytime, they like to walk around. Sometimes they'll go to the library to work on the computer or to read books or magazines. Uh, but but that's not available. And so the the ability to shelter in place means a whole lot different to those that uh, don't have a good shelter to be in place. Well, we call this stories of the 116. And those are all, of course, a part of our story. But I know you brought a, a story with us that perhaps we could wrap our time together up with as far as a, a, a way that your heart has been touched, perhaps. by. Well, I, I remember at Loaves and Fish um, a couple of years ago, I had, I had seen this um, lady in her 40s um, who always uh, took good care of, of uh, dressing nicely. I mean, not overly nice, but you could tell that it mattered to her how she looked. And she was very polite. She would come to the alive worship service. Um, she would have her meal and get pantry food. And, and then one day she walked up to me and, um, after her meal and she handed me a check and I thought, Whoa, okay. And I looked at the check and it was for a hundred dollars. And I thought, okay. I said, uh, can I ask you? And she said, yeah, I, I wish you would. Uh, I said, why, why are you giving me a check for $100? She said, a year ago, everything was going right for me. She said, I had my own apartment. She said, I had a job. Things were looking wonderful. And then she said, I lost my job. The company moved and I couldn't find a job. I lost my apartment. I had to move into a shelter. She said, I lost everything uh, that I thought I had um, including my dignity. And she said, oh. she said, I started coming to loaves and fish because people said they'll take care of you there. And so she said, you fed me, you gave me clothes out of the clothing room. Um, and, and she said, you made me feel worthy. You didn't judge me. And she said, I just bided my time and I got another job. And she said, now I have an apartment and I hope that I don't have to come back, but I want you to be able to take care of others like you took care of me. Wow. So when, when, I, when I hear things like that, um, it's hard to keep it together, but, mm -hmm. but you know that what you're doing makes a difference. And you know that there are people out there that they're not going to bring it up, uh, but you know they're carrying a lot of weight and a lot of baggage. And sometimes a smile, a wave, um, just caring for them um, uh, means a lot. And it, and, and it can help them. Um, on their journey to get back to where they need to be. And caring for their dignity. Yes. What a powerful idea that, that we so often miss when we talk about giving to others, caring for the dignity of others. Yeah. There are so many in that position that are just like us that they never ask for it. They don't want to be there. And yet we have a way in our culture of not always yeah. seeing that. That's right. And when we take the effort or give the, give the effort to restore dignity, uh, these great stories grow out of that. Dan, thank you so much. Well, Greg, thank you. And, and I appreciate the opportunity to share. And um, I just uh, pray that everybody will keep praying for all of our brothers and sisters in this world. And we know that um, God is walking with us every step of the way. We want to 
put our folks in touch with routes of helping if they want to? Uh, since we can only use a limited number of volunteers here, we know that there is a resource uh, that people can go to if they wish to volunteer. Can you tell us just quickly about that? Yeah, the Heart of Illinois United Way, which does so much in our community, um, in addition to providing a lot of uh, services and connections, uh, they have the 211 program, which is a uh, program in which the uh, you can call 211 24-7 uh, anywhere in the three-county area. And they're a clearinghouse of the agencies that can provide help. Um, everything from food, shelter, utilities, mental and physical health, education, lots of things. All of the agencies work together together and give them the latest information so that if I'm a person that has a need, I can call there any time of the day and they'll uh, have an answer or be able to direct me uh, to where that answer might be. Uh, they have a particular need for volunteers right now. So many agencies like ourselves that uh, normally did things in-house and took care of people um, now they're having to deliver meals to or in some way they need uh, volunteers in that respect. So I would say if getting a hold, and I think you have on our, our website a yes. connection to that, um, get in touch with the Heart of Illinois United Way. They they do a lot of good work trying to and, and successfully connecting uh, people and their needs. And I'm glad you mentioned them because the front page of our website right now, we have put a real effort into making sure that all the information our people could possibly need about how to speak into this time is there for them. Good. So if you go to fumcpeoria.org, that's fumcpeoria.org, and just keep scrolling down, and eventually you'll find connections. For example, you'll find a link to Heart of Illinois. Uh, if, if somebody does need help, uh, need some benevolence help that we can't help them with right now, uh, they can get a hold of 211, which obviously just dial 211, but also there's a link on our website to them as well. And uh, any, any other information folks might need, we're trying to get that out there on the front page of our website so that it's right there uh, so our folks can make their way through this strange and weird. Strange times. Yeah. I will say that um, some folks have told us over the years that the uh, their phones don't call the 211. It won't go through. Mm, okay. So they have a local number that you can call, which is 309 999-4029. And that will tie you into the same 24-7 hotline. And they also have a website uh, that um, I think is listed on the website as well. So yeah, well, and we'll make sure we link all of these things on the show note to today show notes to today's program as well on our website. So if you're there, we'll have the links for that as well. Well, folks, be sure and share this broadcast with others, especially those in the Peoria area that are looking for ways to help or perhaps even looking for some help and they're not sure where to turn. Be sure and share this with them through social media. And, um, you know, whenever you go in and you like us and give us a good review on your podcast provider, that helps as well to get the word out there uh, to other people who knew that. Dan, thank you so much for uh, being here today because I, I I was able to catch you because you are here being busy today. Oh, so uh, thank, thank you for you, stopping. Thank you, Greg. In. I appreciate it. Oh, it's my privilege. You've been listening to the stories of the 116 from our studio at First United Methodist Church in downtown Peoria, Illinois. You can find the show notes or contact us with your questions and comments through our website at www.fumcpeoria.org.